0: The Last Lie Government Will Ever Tell by George Ford Smith, an audio Mises wire narrated by Million Quinteros. The more powerful a government, the more likely it is to engage in war and conquest. Case in point U.S. involvement in Ukraine. In 2014, the U.S. led a coup that displaced a democratically elected president, Viktor Yanukovych. In November 2013, Yanukovych rejected a major economic deal he had been negotiating with the EU and decided to accept a $15 billion Russian counteroffer instead. That decision gave rise to anti-government demonstrations that escalated over the following three months. Instead of waiting around for the next election, Yanukovych fled to Russia on February 22, 2014. The new government in Kiev was pro-Western and anti-Russian to the core, and it contained four high-ranking members who could legitimately be labeled neo-fascists. It was clear that Washington backed the coup. U.S. Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Newland and Republican Senator John McCain participated in anti-government demonstrations. As a leaked telephone recording revealed, Newland had advocated regime change and wanted the Ukrainian politician Arseniy Yatsenyuk to become prime minister in the new government, which he did. In 2019, comedian and actor Volodymyr Zelensky was elected president with 73.23% of the vote. In spite of the media's love affair with Zelensky, portraying him as something equivalent to a reincarnation of Winston Churchill and Mother Teresa, the Ukraine government remains one of the most corrupt on the planet. But the power-hungry U.S. regime will tolerate a corrupt Ukrainian regime as long as it helps get Ukraine into NATO and puts U.S. nuclear missiles on Russia's border. Turns out Russia doesn't like that idea, so President Putin invaded Ukraine a year ago to put a stop to it. The U.S. saw this as a great opportunity to blame Russia for what was obviously an act of war and rush to the defense of innocent Ukraine, with a massive taxpayer funding and military support. All this is well known. Also well known among the sentient is the U.S. having a history of lying the country into war. When you're a rich and powerful government, war can be a very lucrative undertaking. For some. It's rarely that way for the ones doing the actual fighting or for the taxpayers who aren't connected to the U.S. war industry. But a thoroughly corrupt media ensures that such issues receive little or no light. We are the champions of the little guys, and a little guy is being picked on by perennially evil Russia. People are beginning to wake up to the lies and censorship surrounding COVID and its treatments. So why should they believe any government pronouncement, including the ones involving Ukraine and its enemy? Because Ukraine hasn't touched them like COVID has, most can't find Ukraine on a map, and that helps keep the media campaign running. Thus, we hear that Russia is so evil it likely blew up its own Nord Stream 2 pipeline that was built to deliver more natural gas to Germany and the rest of Europe. The Biden team said a Seymour Hirsch report blaming the U.S. for the sabotage is utterly false and complete fiction, despite Biden's promise that the U.S. would bring an end to the Nord Stream pipeline. But it wasn't just Biden's promise. U.S. commentators, including former President Trump, have long opposed the pipeline because it would make Germany a hostage of Russia. You know, just like your iPhone makes you a hostage of Apple. As Matt wrote a month after the Nord Stream explosions, American officials in both parties for years used the strongest possible language to condemn, cajole, and threaten Europeans. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee held hearings in 2017 led by Republican Ron Johnson and ranking member Chris Murphy of Connecticut, blasting Europe for even considering the pipeline. Going Nuclear Throughout the Ukraine war's one-year history, we've heard repeated speculations about the conflict going nuclear. Don't worry, we're told, even if Putin decided to launch nuclear weapons, they would likely be tactical, not the big ones that turn cities into moonscapes and their populations into dust. Yet today's tactical weapons aren't exactly toys. According to Dr. Rod Thornton, a security expert at King's College London, the largest tactical weapons can be as big as 100 kilotons. One kiloton equals 1,000 tons of TNT. The bomb the U.S. dropped on Hiroshima was 15 kilotons. Furthermore, last May, Russian state TV presented a simulation of nuclear attacks on the U.K. and Ireland using a Poseidon nuclear underwater drone that could cause a tsunami that would plunge the British Isles into the depths of the sea and turn them into a radioactive desert. On many fronts, Putin is under pressure, Thornton says. The more desperate Putin becomes the more he's pushed on the back foot, the more likely it becomes that a nuclear weapon is used. He floated Snake Island, a Black Sea outpost taken by Russia early in the war that has since been retaken and become a symbol of Ukrainian resistance, as a target Putin could have in mind. In a feeble attempt to threaten Putin, NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg warned of severe consequences for Russia if it uses nuclear weapons in Ukraine echoing private warnings of catastrophic consequences from Washington. Adding an exclamation point to the matter, Putin said he is not bluffing. Amid the talk of Putin going nuclear is the absence of any talk of the U.S. striking first and blaming it on Putin. Given U.S. aggression so far and its belief it would come out on top in a nuclear war, plus Biden's determination to support Ukraine as long as it takes, such a scenario is more than a possibility. And what's to keep a tactical nuclear war from escalating into a full-blown ICBM exchange? Nothing, of course. Certainly not the mindsets of U.S. leaders. It would be overtones of Nord Stream with global annihilation added. And the lies from all governments would finally be silenced. For more content like this, visit Mises.org.